Hello and welcome to episode 857 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Wednesday, October 7th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. A lot of baseball going on with the playoffs and uh, the two early mocks are in full swing and those are the two things we're going to be talking about today. So, um, how have you been? You been hanging in there? Yeah, hanging in here, uh, getting to watch a lot of baseball. Uh, Which is great. I, yeah, it's uh, just I'm just enjoying the hell out of the playoffs. You know, especially the no day off, days off thing. Like I didn't think about like how much extra baseball each day I'd get to watch. Oh, it's the best. Um, we don't have to have like everything perfectly aligned to get these multi-game days. Yeah, it's just they're been just fantastic. there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're going to continue now. We'll see if teams start to sweep and. Kind of change that as we uh, as we, we get deeper here in the in the LDSs, uh, but let's talk a little bit about the playoffs here. So we've got four interesting matches going on a true divisional series where all four matches are divisional uh, matchups. We have Braves taking Game One against the Marlins. Marlins were there all game, and I think a fateful decision in the seventh kind of led to their undoing, letting Alcantara start a fourth time through the lineup. I thought that that was, I thought that was a legitimately a bad move. Um, and then Houston, Oakland, of course, Yankees, Rays, and Dodgers, Padres. But let's start with that that NL East matchup. Um, as you're watching that and you see that Alcantara is going to get a fourth opportunity, was it something that was hitting you at the moment of like, oh no, why are they doing this? No, not necessarily because I mean he had been really good. <laughs> so fourth time through i mean yeah we we see f- so few guys even get a third time the fact that he'd gotten through that with flying colors i think you call it a day and, and you know you take your six strong like, in I, retrospect, it just doesn't make any sense yeah in retrospect that probably would have been the right decision but i can also understand especially like we were just talking about no off days. And so you want to save oh. your bullpen as much as you can, especially if you think it's going to end up being a five-game series. Or, uh, So I understand not doing it. at six. I don't know, man. I, I, I can't get behind it. I the think first it's a sign of move. trouble, you have to just pull them. Like, you have to the have thing, someone okay, up so, in the bullpen right away. And, and, and they did. You know, two guys get on. Yemi Garcia comes in. If it's that tenuous, though, then don't even start him. I think then it's don't fair. even give him. Give him the start of the inning there because, again, you're talking fourth time through against a great lineup. I just think it's a bad move there. Mm-hmm. And then the big unraveling um, of Yimmy Garcia against Travis Darno. This lineup's relentless, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, Darno, Albies, Swanson, Duvall, Marcakis, Riley. You don't really get a break there. Obviously, Marcakis and Riley, uh, you know, probably a little bit of a cut below some of those other guys. But they're eight nine. I mean, you know, even Duvall, what two three homer games this year? Swanson's been awesome. It, it's a great lineup. And remember, we were having some concerns about it mm-hmm. coming into the season that it was going to be like a bit of a half lineup, and it absolutely was not. So I had some concerns coming into the playoffs that they just didn't have the rotation to compete in the playoffs. And I don't know that they necessarily do yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian Anderson pitched brilliantly against uh, Cincinnati who did not score a run, and we'll see how he does today. But I still, you know, Kyle Wright's the number three. 
I, I still have trepidation there. Yeah. And he, he, even if they get past, I'm, I'm going to have that skepticism. I mean, we'll see. You know, if, if Anderson goes out and beasts again, that's going to cut it a bit for me. But what about when they get into a seven-game set? Mm-hmm. Cal Wright and who else? I think that's a, that's a big question. I mean, who even goes game four in this series if it gets there? Obviously, they're trying to uh, to make it so that it doesn't even get to that point. If you're Miami, you're feeling like, okay, we just got to take one of these. You're mm-hmm. kind of, you're probably going in like, okay, if we don't beat Freed, it's not the end of the world. They did have a lead, but it wasn't some like insurmountable lead. Um, you know, they went up four to one going into the bottom of the third, gave the two back real quick. So they're carrying a one run lead into the, into the seventh inning there. I don't know that you should freak out here if you're if you're Miami. You sh- I feel like you should feel pretty good about hanging in there. You know, no moral victories. You got to win. Mm-hmm. But uh, they've never I think lost they, a playoff series. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> I, I feel like they should feel like they can they can hold against this team. I I don't know mm-hmm. that anything in game one should tell them like, oh, we're overmatched. We're dead. No. I feel like they they fought back every time, and it was just a big six run inning that got away from them there. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're the Marlins, you know, you're a team that uh, is playing on house money anyways, and you, uh, yeah, I think, I think the rotation is good enough, you know, the, you know, with Alcantara and Lopez and Sanchez to really make a run here, especially in a short series. So, you know, Lopez has been fantastic, like really under the radar. Um, I'm in a yeah, I'm in a draft and hold right now, like my first actual draft as well. Uh, and he went Lopez went in the seventh round. Wow! Yes, folks giving some love. I love Pablo Lopez. I think Alcantara and Sanchez stole the headlines there, and Lopez has gone a little bit a, a little bit under. Um, He's going to be you know, the I, Mitch Keller, Griffin Canning uh, guy with a lot of helium coming into drafts. Sure, I could I could certainly see it. I was I was trying to put some of that helium into him this year, um, you know, coming in even in the two month season, and you know I love I love what he's been able to do. They've got some good pitching, you know. The bullpen obviously has to hold up. They took it. They took the first body blow with Yimmy giving up that homer. He hadn't given up a homer all year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And homers actually used to be a big issue in his career, and uh, and, and he cut him this year, li- literally giving up zero. I'll be in 15 innings and it was like, Hmm, that's a bummer. That's a bummer that it had to be that way too. And Travis Darno, no, maybe I'm projecting. And if, if I am, I, I will eat that. But I feel like he doesn't get enough love for, for who he was. Like, I, I think sometimes we forget that he was an elite prospect mm-hmm. that he was supposed to be a badass catcher. Yeah. And, Injuries have ravaged him, mm-hmm. but then he he has these spells. Seemingly every year, there's like a couple month run. Well, this year it was only two months, so it was the whole season was very good. And he goes yard to deep center there. It was that was one of those ones that doesn't look like a homer off the bat, but if you get if you get the tracking shot of the ball the whole way, you realize it was absolutely crushed, mm-hmm. and that ended up being the decider. Who are you going with the rest? You know, it's one zero now, so obviously it favors the Braves. Um, do you think the Marlins can come back, or are you going to stick Braves? I think I'm going to stick Braves, but I think it will not. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think it's going to go four or five games. 
What, uh, what if we put odds on it? Would you take the Marlins as a dog, or would you stick with the Braves as a fave? Because it'd probably be a pretty heavy mm. fave at this point. Up yeah, I mean, I mean, if if I got some pretty good odds, I think I'd I might think you take would the Marlins. I, I mean, yeah. I prefer the Marlins pitching, uh, and like they're they're, they're off. Yeah, their offense isn't like atrocious or anything. It's you know, it's filled with a bunch of non-stars. But yeah, uh, Re- remember coming in, I-, I felt like their offense had improved to a point where they could be dangerous, not playoff, mm-hmm. not playoff. I'm not, and I'm trying to take credit for anything to that degree. But I thought they could be a team that kind of messes with some of these other uh, top contenders and maybe mess up the uh, the playoffs. Well, they did mess up the playoffs by taking a spot. They messed it up for Philly, the Nats, and the Mets. Uh, but I agree. And they're very, you know, at least this year, and, and we'll see how it plays going forward, but they have been very clutch. They've been hitting very well with runners in scoring position. Of course, that's a backward-looking thing. You can't guarantee it's going to come through in the in the uh, mm-hmm. future. But I, I would take them as as the dog right now. But if I'm just playing straight up, obviously you got to lean Braves. Up Their well. offense reminds me a lot of the even year Giants teams, where yep. I mean, outside of not having a Buster Posey, like there were no real like stud hitters. On well, those and, they, teams. and they've got vets. They got yeah, vets these, out of nowhere that you know have stories. Mm-hmm. You're like. He's on this team, Beasting? Yeah, Matt what? Joyce is hitting well? Yep, I, that's so funny. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. Corey and, you know, Dickerson's leading off? <laughs> he didn't have a great season, Joyce didn't, but he, he came up with a lot of big hits for them, mm-hmm. and he played some solid defense. They were talking about it on yesterday's broadcast, and it's like, yep, I think that is a good comp. And obviously you're very familiar with those giant squads and, and the caveat there about not having – the the Buster Posey Brian Anderson's the closest thing too, but he's he's not he's not. Yeah, uh, I mean the real Posey. difference between like the, this team and like one of those even year Giants teams is they don't have the elite rotation. Like exactly. you don't have the Linscomb Kane, you know. One, yeah, two. it's a budding rotation, but it's not guaranteed. It could be that rotation. It could be developing into that mm-hmm. without. Lopez Sanchez, but it's not there yet. I yeah. I totally agree with you. Let's move over to Houston with a two zero lead. I think they've embraced their villain role, Justin. I think they have too, and it's working. Make no mistake, they made their bet. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they they have to line it. I'm not feeling any sort of sympathy for them. But I think that they're turned wrestling heel, and they're loving it, and I think they might get the sweep today. Yeah. I mean, I hope they don't for a number of reasons. One, I just, I I like the A's. I think they're a fun team, uh, and... I think their fan base has endured enough pain. <laughs> like they, they deserve a World Series at some point. Um, uh, so that being said, I would not be surprised. Oh, also uh, in the NFBC postseason contest, I have a lot of Astros on my uh, on my roster, and I would like them to get a little bit longer of a series ah, so I can get some I more see. points. <laughs> so, well, you know, you, you might be playing with fire there, though, because if they... You know, I want, they, I need them to advance. like Exactly. So. <laughs> if they messed around and didn't advance there, but got you two extra games, you know, three extra mm-hmm. games, I guess it would have to be at this point, you'd be like, oh, no. Oh, no, yeah, I don't yeah. want those extra games now. They yeah. need to advance because you get those those accelerator points. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're playing out of their minds right now. And, you know... The, the pitching has been so strong, mm-hmm. and you know they're using Javier's reliever. They used Framber Valdez in the first playoff game against Minnesota, so they're leveraging their rotation, and their no-name guys are really pitching well. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know. It's it's not that Oakland's been out of either. They had a lead in both of them. It's just that right now Houston's looking kind of relentless, and and we'll see how it goes. I, I'm a bigger Keedy fan, so I'm, I'm I'd be picking them today based on mm-hmm. uh, uh, on the line where it's it's a bit of a coin coin flip. Lazardo versus Arcidi. And obviously they're a massive favorite, so even talking a series doesn't make any sense. But uh, you like the move of Lazardo over uh, Montas? Um, not really. Let me check how long ago did Montas pitch? You know the day is run together, so I do want to check the playoff game log here to see if it even be viable. He pitched. Oh, he pitched on the first. Yeah, he's absolutely available. So. Do, do, you don't like not, that move? Not necessarily. I think I'd rather I'm go with sure Montas. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Montas is first man up if you know if they need him. Undoubtedly, and so. even if Lazardo does go four strong, I think they might turn it over to. If he, he goes four strong, they got a lead, and and then three righties are coming up. I think you go Montas mm-hmm. right there in the fifth inning or something like that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, it's kind of do or die type deal. Well, only bummer kind of, for me this. yesterday in that in that game uh, was the fact that I was not wearing my George Springer bathwater T-shirt. Dude, I f- I feel Dude. like that was a missed opportunity. An absolute missed opportunity. Playoff George is an absolute monster. You should you should almost be wearing it throughout the playoffs and honor my father who was obsessed with that. <laughs> Thought it was the funniest thing ever to learn what that phrase meant. I remember him <laughs> texting me like. Why is Justin's team named George Springer's Bathwater? And I explained to him, he's like, oh, that's disgusting. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is disgusting, Dad, and that's what makes it funny, that you love a player so much, you drink his bathwater. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, Houston obviously in the driver's seat there. They could close it out. The AL East matchup, Yankees-Rays, Rays draw even. Um, look, I got a little bit of a problem with J-Hap kind of, shirking responsibility and saying that you know i didn't know i was going to come in this early listen man your number gets called you got to be ready as, as soon as it's called yeah. it doesn't matter if you're quote unquote ready or if they told you something else things change in a playoff game yeah playoffs and, is all men on deck at all times like, at all times and, and, and he's the not like some yesterday he's not some 22 year old kid Exactly. 35, 36 year old Jay Hap. Like, you know. He's been in the bullpen. Yeah. It pisses me off that he he kind of pulled a little bit of attitude about it. And frankly, I thought it was a good move by Boone because we know how platoon heavy the Rays are. Mm -hmm. So you catch them with a a handful of lefties. Three of their top four batters were lefties. You know, look, Hap, you had a bad outing. But I thought it was a smart move that could have absolutely worked. And uh, I don't want to hear. That, that you thought it was going to be later, this, that, or the other. You have to be ready when you're... What if, what if Davey Garcia got murked and mm-hmm. had given up four runs? Would you not have been ready then because you thought it was going to be the third inning instead of the, the second or whatever the hell it is? I had a real problem with that, to be honest. And, yeah. um, you know, he, he's kind of shirking some responsibility there. Own, own that you had a rough one and, and move forward. Um, Glass now gets got by uh, by Stanton, who who hasn't been lately, but otherwise with Sharp, he's out of. Is his Stanton going to be a second round pick again next year? Like, is, absolutely. Like, I am not going to fall for it. Like, I'm just not, not going to do it. But I love it. I'm I'm rooting for it because I I really do like Stanton. But you're not going to find him on my teams, and we're going to talk too early mocks here in just a moment. Is he on and, our list? I, I just haven't even seen. He's him. actually not because I was actually kind of focused on the top 100 because that's. Um, 
people have gone in almost mm-hmm. every draft. His ADP is 106.2. And mm-hmm. I think if we were starting the mock drafts right now, he'd it's be 20, 50 picks 25 higher. higher. <laughs> yeah, I, I can get behind what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be markedly higher. If you just did a reset today mm-hmm. and just started him back from square one, I think you're right, actually. 50 to 60 pick would be around where Stanton goes. He's out of his mind. But uh, Glass now and the rest of the bullpen get 18 strikeouts and get the job done to tie it up. Who do you like here now? It's 1-1, so it becomes a three-game set. Uh, where do you go between Yankees-Rays? I think I'm sticking with the Rays. They were my world preseason World Series uh, champ pick. Uh, I do like what they do in terms of platooning and kind of using their uh, pitching staff uh, uh, well. And I just don't know that outside of Cole, the Yankees have the pitching to get it done. Um, I agree. That they're being said, start, but they're starting pitching. The Yankees are scary. Like I, I did not feel comfortable because I mean, I was rooting for the Rays. Yeah. Uh, I did not feel comfortable about <laughs> that game the entire way. Oh, same, same. And right like, down to Fairbanks yeah. looking like he was overthrowing, you know, he's, he's pumping in 98 to a hundred, but it looked like he was kind of, I'm surprised you know, they it, stuck with him to finish that it, game. It really looked like he was overthrowing there with a little bit of mm-hmm. nerves, and I get it, but you got to be able to rein that in, man. Mm-hmm. It's an important game, but hey, he settled down. He got it done. He locked in the save. and uh, Nothing and, locks and, and, a pitcher in more than getting to face Gary Sanchez with two outs. <laughs> That's true. That's like, true. That really, I don't know. That really I, helps you dial in. I need to go back and rewatch that at bat because I don't know if any single pitch he threw in that at bat was in the zone. No, I, I don't think so either. And, uh, you know, Gary was like, well, come on. This guy deserves a little. He, he had a little I mean, an easier when he time. started the at bat, I want to say he had thrown 11 of his 17 pitches were balls. And, 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 and Gary like couple, Sanchez does not take a single pitch. Yeah, and a couple of horseshit calls, including mm-hmm. a 3 0 that was nowhere near the zone. Yeah. And he got the automatic 3-0 strike, Fairbanks did. But you're right. And and then Sanchez is like, you know what though? He's a he you know, he's a he's a younger pitcher. I feel bad for him. Let me let me just give him a little bit of an easy. That's out a guy here. who it, just wants to win the game. Um, and not thinking about route. how you're supposed to win the game. Yeah. It was uh it, it was rough. He he wanted to go yard so badly that he lost all of his approach and mm-hmm. he's been brutal. He's over and uh, he went over four with three strikeouts. So I'm going with the Rays too. It's it's a close series there. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees won, but I'm going Rays. And then uh, pa- Padres Dodgers. Oh, so, so Padres, they get great news. Oh snap! Club Club Dogs back. Let's go. This is huge. Throws a uh, shaky first inning, uh, three walks and a strikeout, but no hits. Gets out of it. Comes out in the second inning, two pitches, gone. Velo's down, not looking good. Um, later said that like it felt like the bones in his elbow were coming out the back or something crazy like that, like just awful. So they have to go heavy, heavy bullpen. They go with eight more guys from that point on. They have a no-hitter through five. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a walk fest. They have uh, seven walks at that point, but it is indeed a no-hitter through five. Our boy G. Ridge comes in. He's a bit wobbly. Strom throws a little bit of gas on the fire. All of a sudden, it's five nothing, and or five to one, and it's and it's kind of a game over there as the uh, Dodgers bullpen locks it in. 
Where do you come out on this one now with the Padres down 1-0? And, you know, between the two, I thought Lamette had the better opportunity to come back. It ends up being Clever, Clevenger, who, is, who was not ready and will no longer pitch. <laughs> yeah, where, where you got, ever you again. Go Dodgers, um, oh, I mean, I think the Dodgers are just the more complete team. I think uh, it, you know, it's unfortunate for the Padres because that offense is especially so exciting. But they just it's had so t- different if Clevenger and Lamette were healthy, dude. Yeah. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. Life I, isn't fair. I think they would be the 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 team that pulls it out if they had Lamette and Clevenger, or even one Such of the two. Crazy. Yeah, one, and that's why I thought, okay, Clevenger changes the scope here. But you knew he wasn't himself in the first inning. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that he was still hurt. I just knew he was, you know, wobbly. But then it, it it's clear that he was still hurt, and he comes out. And no word on Lamette. I think he's on the taxi squad to where maybe something could come mm-hmm. to fruition. But right now, they're looking like they're going to have to get through the LDS to even have a chance to get him back. And those odds are rough. Down 1-0 already against Houston, uh, against LA, excuse me, with Kershaw on the bump tonight against Undecided. They don't know what, which way they're going to go. Would you go Davies or Paddock? I think that's their choices right now. I think you go Davies. I think so too. He's just been far more consistent. I know he was awful in that in that playoff start, but yeah, I think. But he, you trust the guy who's done it all. Yeah, year. you roll with the the one that brought you. So exactly, and and exactly. then hope for the best, and then uh, you throw Paddock out there game three, hopefully, in a one one. I'm interested to see, um, you know, because there's there's no home field advantage here. You know, you just get the exactly, bat, yeah. the, you know, the in a second. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, get the last at bat in the ninth. And so I'm interested to see, like, how many of these games uh, really where the home field would have mattered. I'm trying to remember what game it was where there was a home run. They're like, well, that wouldn't have been a home run in, in the other part. Oh, it was oh, uh, yeah. it was in the Astros game. Oh, uh. Dude, the ball seems like it's flying in, um, in Houston and uh, Dodger Stadium. L.A. for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's especially in Dodger Stadium. It just seems like everything is is leaving the yard, which is so funny because a few years ago, we talked about how you know Dodger Stadium was like a pitcher's park, and, and that's it's, where it's, it was m- clear that the playoff ball was a bit different last mm-hmm. year when a bunch of warning track shots at Dodger Stadium where we were like, how'd that not go out? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm definitely interested to see how. Uh, I'm just interested. This is like the series that I feel like, like winner of this series wins, you know, the National League. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately for me as a Giants fan, <laughs> yeah, because those are two division rivals there yeah. that are going to be gunning for. Yeah, you know, what's going to happen? What What's going to happen is the Dodgers and the Astros are going to meet in the World Series, and there are going to be so many the storylines and I'm like, Oh, who do I root for as a Giants fan? We had this discussion on Twitter yesterday with uh me, Matty Wood, Bubba, uh, and Scott Jenstead. And it's like, oh, as a Giants fan, like who do you root for? Do you root for the 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 heel and the Astros or do you root for the Dodgers? I'm like the hated I, rival. You know, and it's tough. I, Where would you I, go? Oh, I, I'm rooting want? for the Astros. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I you no, I mean, and, and Scott's like, no, no. Like, I don't think you under, you know, understand the level of pettiness I have towards the Dodgers. Like, it's just. I mean, I have a pretty good understanding. I... Yeah. No, we've been we've been working together for a long time. Yeah. You de- you despise them, and so um, you know we come out pretty pretty evenly here on these series. We'll see how it goes. It's been great playoff baseball. 
Um, I'm excited to see how these series finish up, and and we should get two good LCS. I tend to agree with you that that you know the winner of this uh, NL West series comes out of it, but I have been discounting the Dodgers from the beginning of the playoffs or the Braves, I should mm-hmm. say. So uh, it wouldn't be surprised if it bit me in the ass, and they they beat the Marlins and then thwart the Dodgers, who I think uh, are are going to win here. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. We'll talk about it again future episode here as uh, as the playoffs progress but we're going to talk a little too early mocks right now um most drafts are about through 100 picks although mm-hmm. mine is not you said i'm in the slowest one mm-hmm. lucky me my pick actually just came up by the way fifth round pick 13 would you pick corbin burns cal hendricks jose barrios nick castellanos or eugenio suarez Pitcher mm. or hitter? Mm. I have Blake Snell and three hitters. I might Freeman go Hendricks. I, I, that's kind of where I was angling, to be honest. Yeah. He's so slept on, dude. And yeah. all he does is perform year in and year out. I'm still kind of working on my my starting pitcher ranks right now, but I, 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 Hendricks is the highest of of those guys and I'm really having a hard time not putting him in the top 10 for next year I took him I took him Hendricks to go with Snell there solid one two punch anyway let's talk let's let's reverse back to the first round a little bit here Ooh, I'm on the clock in mine oh snap look at that what are you looking at Uh, let's see I'm in the eighth round I have two pitchers in Gallon and Paddock I go Gallon there easy peasy Oh, no, 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 I have, I already have them. Oh, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. You have Gallon uh, Paddock. My offense is Bellinger, Devers, Bichette, Teoscar, and Castellanos. It's hot, by the way, I like that. I'm taking Castellanos after this, if he makes it back to me. Um, I'm going to take Edwin Diaz. I like it. I think he's a little bit uh, underrated with what he was able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave up the homer off rip this year. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Same old Edwin. Mm-hmm. He was pretty much brilliant from that point forward. And only four saves, I want to say. So, Yeah, uh, because he wasn't uh, Yeah, he wasn't in, in so I think getting that, the full job. I think that keeps his early price down a little bit. But Agreed. Uh, Agreed. I'm all about it. Yeah, good pick, good pick up there. All right, so let's revert back to the first round. Uh, there are nine drafts. Mookie Betts is the number one guy overall. He has gone first in six of them. He has the uh, the lowest ADP at uh, an average of 2.2 because there's actually a seven, which is his low, mm-hmm. bringing that number down, which how the hell did he go seven? Um, are you surprised that Mookie Betts is the number one guy? Uh, I'm not surprised. So I'm surprised, but I actually I agree with it. I think it should be very. I think it should be very much in consideration. I think I'm just surprised that that people have followed through and are on the same thinking that I mean, because I I love bets. Here's the thing: there is at least to me a clear top eight or nine. Okay. Um, well, the other number ones, by the way, Tatis Jr., Acuna, Degrom. Those are the other three. Mm-hmm. No, Mike Trout. And he only went two in two drafts. Yeah. Does that surprise you before you get into your top eight or nine? It doesn't because uh, – the, the stupid. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, there is a clear top eight or nine, uh, and I think that is Betts, Acuna, 
Tatis, Trout, Soto, Turner, DeGrom, Cole. I think that's kind of the clear top eight. Okay. And and then you can make arguments for Bieber in that. You can make arguments mm-hmm. for uh, Jose Ramirez in that. Um, Trevor Story. Trevor Story, if you you know believe Yelich is going to bounce back Yelich. But, I mean, there, there's a real top eight, and I don't really have a problem with anybody taking anyone in any order in that. Like, I don't think that there is... I think there's such huge upsides on all those guys. I think most of them, for the most part, have pretty safe floors, uh, which is what you're looking for, uh, is, you know, the upside mix with the safe floor. So, like, I, I think this is... You know, in that in that uh, draft and hold that I'm in, uh, I had pick eight, and that like is like the perfect spot to draft. I think this year or coming yeah, into 2021, you, you just take the the last one of the yeah. guys that you believe. I got are so, all I had a strong. choice of Soto and Turner at pick eight. Wow, and then and then you get obviously an, an earlier mm-hmm. uh, return pick, so that that feels good. Yeah, I, I still think that that Trout only going two in two drafts is crazy because you talk about that floor who's got a better floor than trout yeah nobody nobody and uh i I think people are just complicating things but you know what we'll see how it goes so that's what we're looking at in the first round there uh a little bit a few other notes five outfielders uh technically five if you include bellinger but i really think you should focus on him as a first baseman because first base isn't that Mm -hmm. deep so five outfielders four shortstops three starters two first basemen and one third baseman going in the top 15 there. And the biggest first round split from between peak and uh, max is Freddie Freeman. Who's gone as high as six and as late as 21. Anything else surprise you out of the first round there before we dive a bit deeper? Hmm. No, I don't think so. Maybe maybe it's how close Trevor Bauer is to the first round. He's, he's up there, man. He's 17th uh, by ADP with an 18.4. He ranges from as high as 12, as low as 23. Um, yeah, he's right there on the cusp. In fact, let's talk starters, top 10 starters. Jacob deGrom, Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer there at four. Uh, you Darvish, Lucas Giolito, Max Scherzer. I almost said Austin Nola. Aaron Nola, <laughs> Luis Castillo, Walker Buehler. They're all going in the top 30, plus Kirsch, the 11th starter, uh, also in the top 30. What do you think about that there with 11 pitchers in the top 30? That seems to make sense, right? Yeah, there feels like there's a, a drop-off that's pretty quick um, after... It goes from Kirsch at 29 to Flaherty at 37. So that's a pretty... that's a In the early rounds, that's a pretty big drop. That mm-hmm. that, that eight, eight spots constitutes a decent drop. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah... Um... I think there's going to be a pretty big drop-off, and I do think that we're going to see people be pretty aggressive on that, you know, top tier of starting pitchers. Um, I have a real hard time with Bauer at as the fourth starting pitcher off the board. Oh, you you, you know I do too, man. Like, uh... I'm just so afraid of him going back to being bad Bauer. Tinker Taylor, Soldier mm-hmm. Spy, man. Dude loves to uh, mess with stuff. Although I will say, and this is pure speculation, but, and he may, you know, actually, I wonder if he incorporated it this year because th- these were recorded before the season, but he did his uh, Bauer bites, and I was watching a couple mm-hmm. of them yesterday. And look, man, you might not like Trevor Bauer, and that's fine. We can have a discussion about that another time. 
Trevor Bauer the person. Do, yeah, do not let that dislike of him mm-hmm. preclude you from enjoying his show, Power Bites, because you can ignore him if you want and just enjoy the greatness that surrounds the rest of it, because holy hell is there some excellent stuff, including when he has Eric Gagne on uh, to talk about Eric Gagne's changeup and how he... He, being Bauer, has not figured out a changeup. And I looked this year, yeah, he actually didn't even really throw one. He had a .3 percentage, so he gave up on the changeup this year. But I wonder if maybe he can incorporate Gagne's changeup because they were they were showing grips and everything. It was awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what if he if there was one tinker that would that could be nice? It would be if he actually found a changeup that he can believe in. But he admits that he's never been comfortable with one. And that's been something that's kind of and plagued me, him it's throughout. Like, don't, don't even, like, don't, even don't fix don't. what ain't broken. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I've made the comp a million times. He is the the BJ Upton of pitchers, um, in just that. Hey, you found something that works. Let's try something else. You know, and, and you know, I, I I went through this exact issue in 2019 where I was afraid to rank him too high because I thought he'd tinker his way out of mm-hmm. the success, and he did. He had a 4.48 ERA, and you know, two great months this year. The, we, we know that pitching in the central was a massive advantage, and he'll continue to pitch in the central, but it, you know, it won't if be the advantage it was. Progress, so. Yeah, it won't be the, the pod system again to where they're only pitching against their, their cohorts in their uh, ALNL counterpart division. And not that I think he's going to fall apart because of that, but that will that will mitigate some of the upside here of some of these central guys, which, by the way, there are, you know, Bieber, Bauer, Darvish, Giolito, Castillo, uh, Brandon Woodruff, Jack Flaherty. A lot of guys there in the upper 12 to 15 of the starters. I wonder if um, if they're going to be – I know some people are already concerned that they're going to be overdrafted due to this. Mm-hmm. I think these are still very good pitchers, though. Um, I hear you on, on Bauer being the fourth guy, though, being the fourth starter. Is he your biggest concern in these top, top 12 here or top 11 that I've talked about that are going in the top 30? Um, I mean, I have some concerns with Bueller, which is something I never thought I would say. I just wonder after kind of what was pretty much a disastrous season, Mm -hmm. I mean, him shoving in the playoffs is going to be one of those things where uh, Price goes right back to where it was. Um, And I I worry about like where his innings are going to be next year you have to with the dodgers just yeah. as a general rule. and so i do have some like i love the talent i think for from a talent standpoint you know he's a top five pitcher uh and i do think at some point he's going to be there i just don't know that i want to take him in the top 10 coming into next year and i'm i'm also a little worried about max scherzer um he just I, I never looked so i agree with you and scherzer Another a year older. I have him mm-hmm. five, so I actually have some love for Scherzer. But I understand the trepidation. He's gonna be what thirty six. Yeah, he's gonna be thirty six. He'll be turning thirty seven in July. Um, my biggest concern with him is he just never looked like the Max Scherzer that we've known. True, and and part of it, I think part of why that might not have been um, heavily discussed is because the Nats were a disaster. Mm-hmm. 
if they had been good, maybe in spite of him, not that he was bad, by the way, 374 ERA, 138. No one's pretending that that's elite or, or the max that you pay for, but he didn't melt down. He didn't put up like a six ERA. He was just kind of ho-hum, but that's kind mm-hmm. of your point, was that he wasn't max. He wasn't precise M. with his pitches. I mean, it's yep. the highest walk rate he's had since 2010. You know, you know highest home run rate uh, of his career, highest whip of his career. Uh, I just, the strikeouts are still there, in, you know, so, uh, like, I don't necessarily have a problem if people want to take him in the top five, I just, he won't be in my top five. He's definitely not in my top five. My top he five. He is in mine, is, and, but he is five. Yeah. So, my top five is DeGrom, Bieber, Cole, uh, Darvish, Giolito. Yeah, Giolito was one of the guys I got a lot of pushback on, you know, move him up, move him up. Now, he was, like, pitching in the playoffs as I was promoting the list. So people were, like, seeing him dominate mm-hmm. against Oakland. And they're like, where are you at? I was like, okay, I know. But, I, you know, I didn't get to see this here. And I'm not even anti-Giolito. He just kind of wound up a bit lower than I than I thought. I, I look up, and he's 18. And I'm like, yeah, that probably is a little bit low. And, and maybe I'm taxing him on the central stuff a little bit too much compared to the other guys. And I have a lot of central guys in there. So, yeah, we'll see. It's going to shuffle. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. shuffle. There's still plenty of movement to be had. But, um, yeah, this top 10 starters, it's I think I think the, the general market gains more confidence in starters every year. We know the NFBC market always has. But I think the general market of which uh, the two early mocks cover a good bit, it's not an industry folks, but the, it, I think it does a better job covering what you're going to face in your home leagues than uh, than maybe the main event does. And people are getting more comfortable with with pitching and realizing, hey, yeah, it's a risk because of the health, but the payoff is massive as well. So we'll see it continue to go up. But let's continue on here. Let's move on and talk about where did they go where did x player go here and just talk about some interesting guys and see what you think about their adp and we'll talk about aldoberto mondesi first who closed brilliantly i mean the 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 victory laps that you could take one way or the other <laughs> really just varied like week to week it was uh it was really interesting i will say hats off for the 24 steals that was massive and he got his power back on track hit six homers I still have concerns about the fact that he is a bad baseball player otherwise. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be 25, so he is still young enough to develop and, and, and steady himself. But if you look at him on the whole, it's 1,176 plate appearances of a 699 OPS. And that gives me pause. I, I love the player, though. It's one of those things where I know I recognize the flaws, but I love watching him. Uh, I, I like using him in MLB the show. Like it's uh, the whole thing. I'm I'm a fan. You took him pretty early in your in your draft champions league. Yeah. So where where do you stand on on Mondesi going 33rd overall here? And where where did you take him? Second or third round? I took him in the second round. Uh, I want to say I took him 23rd overall. So Siege wasn't in your league. Siege was not in my was <laughs> not in my league. That's uh, an easy joke, but I gotta take it. And it was. You know, if I did it over again, I may not have gone in the direction. I, I was pretty pissed at my uh, cohort, uh, Greg Blankenship, because like he uh, he he made a comment about uh, in our Friends of Fancy Benefits staff chat, like, "Hey, don't use my other draft against me in this one, uh, Mason." Um, <laughs> I was like, "No promises." And then he sniped Bo Bichette, uh in the second round, right before I picked. 
Um, and you were ready to go with it. Yeah, him. and my my plan had to been to go Soto Bichette uh, to start the nice. draft. Uh, and so, yeah, I got a little bit um, steamed. Almost took Giolito uh, in the second round. Uh, but one, I mean, there's no, there is no overall component to this league. So yeah. uh, I don't have to worry about like, you know, batting average, or I don't have, you know, if I want to take a category, I can take a category. And I don't know that I will be willing to take Mondesi that high moving forward, but I wanted to see what a team with Mondesi looked like taking mm-hmm. him in, you know, mid second round. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't hate that. You know, just I'm, I'm torn on him. If I, if you can't tell my voice where I respect the talent and what he does for fantasy and the fact that there could be some development there with the bat. Mm-hmm. But then I keep coming back to the fact that he's he's just been downright poor as a hitter outside of the power and speed contributions. But, hey, power and speed is, is what we need in fantasy. And he delivers both there. So I understand. And, and 33 is not it's not outrageous. You know, it's early third round. I don't I don't find it to be crazy. The very next pick is DJ LeMahieu at 34, which uh, I I am totally fine with. I feel like I would take him even a few picks higher than that. And I kind of I respect that the market is is giving him his love. I thought maybe at, you know, going to be age 32, going to be a free agent. I kind of wondered if maybe he would get a little disrespected, but he's not. I think 34 is a fair fair slotting for LeMahieu. What do you think? Yeah, I think it is as well. And I mean, it's a wide range. So, yes, he, he does know, have his, uh, a peak of 55 or uh, 14 and and a max of 55. Yeah, and I think that that the the max is going to come up quite a bit. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's triple eligible for second, third, uh probably the three shallowest positions uh outside of catcher. Though I mean, I think there's an argument that outfield maybe isn't as deep as uh it it has been in previous years so true true but first i mean is he almost best put at for to be put at first for lomayhew i don't know i I think first it's not the problem with first is we're used to it being filled with studs and it's just just not filled with studs but it's filled with a lot of usable players and true but he's a superstar Mm -hmm. his last two years now I guess the the unanswerable question is where do you think he signs? And more importantly, one you can actually answer is how much does uh, leaving the Yankees affect you if he if Lemayhew does indeed do that? Yeah, Oof. I mean he's thirty two, so he's probably mm-hmm. looking for what a three or four year contract. Yeah, you would think so. You would think the Yankees would just bring him back. I why wouldn't they, man? I mean he's been excellent with them. It's they not like have they so many injury him. issues that his yeah. eligibility or his uh, positional flexibility just becomes so valuable to them. Like I feel like I feel like they need to re-sign him. I know I that they really they need a starting pitcher. Um, they can get both. They're the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he he's got to be like their second biggest priority. Uh, yep, I, I think Lemayhew. And and if he stays with the Yankees, then I have zero trepidation about a, a 34 pick if he leaves it would depend where he goes and i might but the market might push him down too so you might not even need to mm-hmm. take him at 34 if lemayhew ends up leaving the yankees uh any any other thoughts on lemayhew uh let's just do a quick would you rather with lemayhew okay yeah absolutely let's do it would you rather mayhew or bregman lemayhew 
I know that seems crazy, but I'm doing it. LeMahieu or Rendon? That one is really tough. I'm going to go LeMahieu again. LeMahieu or Xander Bogarts? Xander freaking Bogarts. <laughs> Terrible accent, but I don't care. Suck it, Boston fans. All right, last one. LeMahieu or Ozzy Albies? Oh, you're tugging, tugging on the old hard strings there. You know I mm-hmm. love Albies. I'm going to go Albies. I'm going to go Albies. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I think I'm LeMayu over Bogarts just because of the flexibility and how deep shortstop is. That's that's fair. I can give – yeah. It, it, so then you're judging less on Bogarts and more on his position. And that's fair. How that's I can fair. construct that's... a roster after that. Yes, yes. And you have to consider that. You can't just go player – one v one, I think that's a reasonable take. And as much as I love Bogarts, I, I I totally see what you're saying there. By the way, I might the one I might change actually. Um, another one I might consider changing is is the Rendon one. Mm-hmm. Rendon was quietly excellent this year, yeah. and I think I thought he was worse, but no, he was excellent. I think he just got lost in what was an awful season for the Angels. Exactly. And so he doesn't have the position eligibility, but he's basically a younger, a two-year younger LeMahieu in terms of what, what he does. The same type of deal with great average, some pop, and even on a bad Angels team, he should still have good counting categories because of where he'll bat in that lineup. So I'm going to go Rendon, and you've at least got me on a coin flip with Bogarts because your point about getting a shortstop because of the depth of the position, that makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and that's that's really fair there. But bottom line means like, there. It means you know he's end of second round type of guy. Exactly, exactly. Bottom bottom line is we like Lemayhew quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the other end of the well, not quite the other end of the age spectrum, but a younger guy, Cal uh, Tucker, who quietly well not not maybe not so quietly. It depends how you how you feel. I feel like those who didn't have him on their team didn't really talk about him, but those who had him couldn't shut up about him because he 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 had a solid season. He had an interesting year though. He started off and he was hitting against lefties very well. He had like a reverse platoon where he was better lefty lefty than he was against righties and he was earning himself playing time. Well, through the course of that, the platoon flipped and he ended up with a 695 OPS against righties but 90 or excuse me, 695 against lefties and 905 against righties for Tucker with five homers, eight steals against righties, four homers, zero steals against lefties. He goes 39 on average so far. Where do you come out on Kyle Tucker as a top 40 pick? I'm surprised. <laughs> um, and and I, Dusty's not even in one of these leagues, right? Yeah, no, he's not. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I don't actually have a problem with it. Like, I think it's probably a decent, I mean, it, it seems a bit high. Mm-hmm. But Redick is what, Redick's a free agent, right? Oh, I don't worry about the playing time at all. Yeah. So, so it, like, it, I, for me, the concern would uh, both Reddick only and Brantley are free agents. So, yep. Like he's locked in. The question is his batting average. Like that to me is where do we think mm-hmm. his batting average falls? And he's probably like a two sixty two seventy guy. I mean, the power and speed are there, and. No, I think that I think that's right, and honestly, I don't have a problem if people want to jump him. I I agree, and by the way, I will say I'll speak for Dusty, who said that uh, much to the surprise of of folks, he said he's not taking him anywhere at his current at his current price. 
He's not going to buy the really the, uh, accelerated priced uh, Tucker. He's out. Yeah, um, which surprises me because I I would I'm not against. The, did he the, say the, why? Because I mean, he did not. He, so we need to ask for strikeout rate was twenty percent. Walk rate was eight percent. Those were all improvements from his you know previous major league samples. Yeah, he's panned out to what Dusty liked him for in the first yeah, place when he couldn't, when he couldn't get enough shares, and now. Because he panned out, you, you don't want in. I am a little bit surprised. He'll listen to this, I'm sure, and mm-hmm. uh, he'll text me with a response. So then I'll yeah. let you guys know. You, you on can the text next me as well. So that's right. Um, hit it, hit us with a group. Hit us with a group. Because text. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is a potential 25, 25, 30, 30 guy, and bingo, and playing on what should still be one of the better offenses in baseball. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. If he continue, I mean, right now he's hitting what, like 350 in the playoffs. Um, oh, he's doing his thing. Oh God! And Springer's a free agent too. I was the just higher outfield. You finish is... your uh, point there, but yep, he is Springer also a free agent. So again, the playing time is should be not even on your radar as a concern. Yeah, no, he's he's, he's playing every day. He may be the only outfielder, and they may just roam him around there by himself. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. There's obviously some chance he regresses, and you know this was, you know, a small 58 game sample for him. But that being said, a guy with his kind of huge upside, yeah, he should be going in the third round. Yep, yep. I am totally chill with this price. I am not against it either. So um, sign me up. Sign me up for some Kyle Tucker action. All right, let's keep moving on here. Let me find Luke Voigt, baby. My sheet, yes. Luke Voigt going 45. You know I'm here for it. That's mm-hmm. my guy. Um, couldn't have gone better than, than what I was hoping for. You know, I, I wouldn't shut up about him on the pod saying he's a power beast, and I'd say leading baseball in homers. Back that up, 22. And he had 277, 338, 610. He's going to obviously cost a lot more now, but I don't think it's an egregious price. I told you how I feel about first base. I I would pay that. I'm I'm open to paying that at pick 45. I think that's that's where he should be going. Um, I'm curious if you're going to want to do a uh, who would you rather with him? But what do you think about Void at 45? Oh, this one seems a bit rich at the same time. Like I totally understand it. I think 45 is like the max for me in terms of how high I would take him. He ranges 30 to 62 mm-hmm. so far in the nine drafts. Um, obviously, if you can get him in the, in the 50 to 60 range where a, a healthy number of the drafts, it's a, one, two, three, four, five. So five of the nine, more than half, got him after pick 50, 52 or later. So or fifty one or later. So I think that that's that's where you're more comfortable. I mean, it's only a five pick difference off the ADP, um, or six pick to go fifty one. But you're more comfortable if, if the number starts with a five. Yeah, I mean, and I feel much more comfortable if it starts with a six. I mean, and here sure. here's the thing: like there are guys that are going behind him in this draft that I definitely prefer. I mean, and I mean the. The the ageless Nelson Cruz going pick sixty five point four on average draft position like I'm taking Nelson Cruz if, if he's playing. <laughs> Why not both? You need a lot of power. Yeah, I mean I guess you can. For I, sure, I, I can get behind taking both. I will say this: he 
to a degree, Voight becomes the Pete Alonzo, who I didn't want to take this year mm-hmm. because, you know, there were so many other guys that I liked. You know, Matt Olson was one I kept going to, and Matt Olson was not perfect this year by any stretch. In fact, that batting average was tough to swallow, but but the power was there, and if you could plan around the batting average, um, he still delivered probably a net positive to if your team could withstand the 195 that that's mm-hmm. a really bad average there but i worry that that void could end up being that guy where it's like yeah i like him 45 is not egregious but alonzo himself is at 54 matt olson himself is at 72 paul goldschmidt at 76 dom smith who i really do like has not gone in all nine drafts yet he's gone in seven of them he's 94 with a high of 128 mm-hmm why wouldn't I just go to the other side of New York there and, and go to Queens and take Dom you, Smith? You, you can keep going. You can go to Triple O's, well, Max Muncy, who... Yep, who we I, loved coming into this year. Yeah. He wasn't great, but I'm not off it was, him. It was the batting, aver- you know, the batting average was an issue, but he was also, I mean, I, th- I, mean, I think his BABIP was tiny. and Yep, uh, it was the same thing as Olsen. Yeah. Almost identical, to be honest. And so if you could plan, if you planned around it, then Muncy didn't really hurt you because he still popped 12 homers, 36 runs, uh, 27 ribbies. So, yeah, yeah, I just think I'd rather grab one of the pitchers in that area. You know, Lance Lynn going, you know, pick 46.8. Tyler Glass now going right there. Zach Gallen, Kenta Maeda. Like, that's the area where I'm likely to get my first starter. I feel you. I feel I I love him. I just, it doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. It It doesn't really make sense to take him there. Given all the other guys that that now, I, I do want to I do want to say like he's not Alonzo in terms of like there were some real warning signs with Alonzo coming in like and I don't think that necessarily uh, there are the same type type of warning signs with Voight. Um You know he actually you know had more contact uh, while he does swing outside the zone you know a decent amount it's not like we're not talking like 40, 50 percent. Um, yep. so like I, and my, my comparison was strictly related to don't take yeah. this guy when comps are mm-hmm. available substantially later. Yeah. Do you um, know when he is a free agent? I mean, he didn't even play a full season last year and that was his most games for Voight. So I'm going to say like 24, tw- after yeah, 2024. 20, yeah. 2025 is his free agent year <laughs> and he's 29. Yeah, so they've got him locked, <laughs> and there's no reason they shouldn't play him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna lose playing time or anything. So yeah, I really do like Voight, and it, it, when he does start to if he does start to push toward a six with uh, with his draft spot, that's when I'm more inclined to take him. Mm-hmm. I don't hate the 45, but I just see too many other first basemen. I did I did get done saying how it's not that deep, but then I look at the uh, the guys going 70 or later, Olsen, Goldschmidt. Dom, uh, Anthony Rizzo, and Max Muncie going from 72 to 108. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I should change my tune there. So you, you're right on that. Uh, let's move to another guy in the top 50 here, just a few spots after Voight. Tim Anderson at 49. You know, we've made the we've made the comment slash joke a few different times already this year. We're like, hey, man, he can't possibly maintain that Babbitt. You're right. How about he does better? Uh, <laughs> don't know how. Don't know why. Doesn't make any sense that it's actually that it was actually better this year. In fact, let's see if it finished better because it was tracking for the most part. Oh no, it ended up falling down to 383. But for the bulk of the season, he was actually over 400 after the 399 last year. Fact of the matter is, though, he basically replicated what he did 
2019 and said that that was more or less legit across the board. How do you feel about Tim Anderson? He had a little punch, gave back a little bit of the batting average from 335 to 322, but he's going to be 28. He's in the thick of his prime, gives you pop, gives you speed, gives you average. You in or no? I still don't understand what's going on here. Like, I just don't get it. Um, it's, I mean, you look at the underlying numbers and you you go, like, there's no way this can sustain itself. Um, I mean, he, even his contact rate dropped considerably, you know, from 77% down to 71%. Um, he swings outside of the zone 43.6% of the time. Um, I... I don't understand how he does what he does. Um, and for that reason alone, I'll likely be out on him. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, I I don't understand it either, to be honest. Uh, especially with, you know, we're, we're taught to believe that these Babibs can't hold at this high level. Now, this was only two more months of doing it. Mm-hmm. But you add it up, and it's like a full dang season of... Um, you know, of, of a near 400 bat. In fact, you add it up, it's 172 games now with 395 for Tim Anderson. It has to come down, but where is it coming down to? You know, that's the real I mean, question. Here's the thing. Ultimately, even if it does come down, like, is it is his average coming down below, like, his career average of 281? I don't think so. I, I'm not I sure it's think... coming down below 300. Yeah, and so, like, I think in that regard, you have to go, well, it's legitimate, and if he's getting on base at, you know, a 300, you know, what, 320 on base. 320 plus. He's yeah. Get enough opportunities to, to steal. steal. Yep. Yeah. I mean. And it, score. Because yeah. that team is only going to get better, I think. And, I mean, the, the, the White Sox are a team that pushes on the base pass a ton anyways. But, I mean, I think he's probably a lock to be, at worst, a 15-15 guy. Oh, yeah. With yeah, with, a, with real with a, 2020 yeah. upside. Yeah, and you know, and a good batting average to go along with it. So, like, there's nothing wrong with this draft spot. I just don't know no. that I'm going to be pulling the trigger on it. I think it comes back to what we just said about Bogarts cool. in a different context mm-hmm. about shortstop's depth mm-hmm. and wanting other guys who are are going to be available later uh, at the position. In fact, I'm going to bring up some right now. Let's see. Um, so. Just after Tim Anderson, the next shortstop eligible guy is Gleyber Torres at 62, oh. Baez at 83, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Simeon at 92. Gurriel shows as shortstop, but he did not play shortstop. Yeah. I don't think he should no. qualify. Uh, Wander Franco is going 102. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, that's only because he's gone in one draft and he went 98. Who the hell took him at 98? Here's a question. Would you rather have Tim Anderson or Corey Seager? Tim Anderson. I, I I agree. Um, would you rather have Tim Anderson or Glabar? Saving about a round with, with Glabes. You know what? I'm going to take TA, though. I think uh, the speed component mm-hmm. is the kicker there for me. Hmm. And then, and then mean, ba- Baez? Go ahead with Baez, then, yeah. Um, I mean, Baez was brutal. But it builds in that discount from forty nine to eighty three between Anderson and Baez. I think with the discount, I'll go. I'll I'll gamble on Baez returning. Yeah, I think I will too. So yeah, and, and so it's less about Anderson and more about what goes after him with us. Um, and I don't think that that's unfair to say. And that's what you have to look at there. You can't always just assess the player on his own. 
you have to talk about your team build, and you made a great point with that with the Bogarts piece. Let's go to a guy that we continue to get right time and time again. It's probably our best call on the show besides Matt Carpenter a couple of years ago. It's Denelson Lamette, <laughs> who we said overdraft him because in the end it will not be an overdraft. Mm-hmm. We are very excited mm-hmm. on him. And the one thing that we can guarantee is that he won't go to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. We knew that. For yeah. a fact. Nobody said nope. that he would go to the bullpen. <laughs> um, he's going 53rd. Now, he hasn't gone in one of the drafts, which is kind of interesting. Oh, it's mine. Oh, it's, it's because we're slow. That yeah. said, we did just you take You guys are on like pick, pick 70-something, so. Yeah, I just I just made pick 73. So he's 20 picks beyond his ADP. In fact, we're going to set the high. His high was 65, so we're definitely setting his high. But how do you feel? I know I know you're not big on Denelson Lamette. I imagine that you're, you're still going to be relatively fading him compared to consensus, but... Uh, what, what's your final assessment here? Now that his his season might actually be over too, because we we might not get him in the playoffs. So where do you put Denelson Lamet with the season being fully over? Likely. Ooh. Um, I don't even have him this high uh, until I see that he's healthy. And even what, then, what if what if I guarantee you that? What what if I just you guarantee magically you, guarantee you, you that turned he turned off healthy, injuries right? and yeah, turned um, off the injury button on MLB here. Mm-hmm. And he is guaranteed healthy. Would 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 you take him at at my my league's ADP seventy four or later? Like I, I think I would. Okay. Because... Would you have taken him over Hendricks? No. Okay. And um, I didn't even consider him. He was like fifth on my list of. of which is SP. funny because Hendricks. I mean, he hadn't been drafted in what two leagues, including yours. Um, but I mean, of the picks that he's had, like his his max pick is one one. That was my draft. <laughs> Oh, nice. Um, definitely, and I, I wasn't the one who ended up with him. So, um, I if I take Lamette, it's because I've already got a proven ace on the roster. Like, I yeah, do you don't not want to, want to enter yeah, uh, a season with him as my number one. I feel that. And, I'm, and I won't draft him before late March. So my early really drafts, need to see. My, I, my, yeah. Wait, my promise of his health does not assuage your fears at all? <laughs> Jeez, I thought we were friends. Well, yeah, if we're talking about promising the health, yeah, um, then I guess I guess this is the right spot for him. Yeah, but it, we don't know that. Obviously, I'm, I'm just saying operate as though that's happening, and we can't know for sure until we actually see and get some reports on Lamette. You know, obviously we got to – painfully wrong this year mm-hmm. but uh you know i still have some concerns I like it didn't it, it it changed things and i i hat tip what he did but i do not completely 180 and say okay well now i'm fully in let me take him as a top 15 starter even because with he's... health the three the, i feel more comfortable with the three guys going ahead of him in gallon maeda and snell yes and then you talk about the guys going behind him, Max Freed, Sonny Gray, uh, well, Mike Clevenger, I do not. <laughs> I prefer, I prefer the other Burns. two for sure. I think I prefer Burns, although, you know, and I don't think his obliques are really going to carry forward. An oblique, while they can mm-hmm. be tricky, uh, once you're shut down for, you know, an offseason, I, I, I don't really have any concerns. So, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be lower than the consensus, you know, yep. um, even, even if he is healthy. Yep, I think that's the same case for me with Lamette. Um, 
We're just going to do a couple more here. We're going to cut off the last couple because I just realized that some of them have not gone in every draft yet. So let's do two more here. Teoscar Hernandez going 63rd. We knew that the price would shoot up. You know, I don't know if we talked about this enough, but this is one of your big guys. You were always mm-hmm. taking him late in drafts. Um, you know what year I didn't take him enough? This, this year. Yeah. No, just this is this is like Jimmy Nelson all over again. Where, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, it just, it just happens with me for some reason. So, completely goes off. It's a 50-game run, though. The core skills don't really change. In fact, you know, the, oh, no, the strikeout rate improved a little bit and the walk rate got a little bit worse. But basically, we'll call it the same. His homer to fly ball rate goes up from 23 to 33. So that's a big difference there, a 10-point jump. Um, we don't really see – I mean, he hits the ball a bit harder, and he, and he tamps down some of his pop-ups, some of his infield flies. But we don't see, like, a smoking gun change that fueled this. And that's why throughout I was saying this is like a standard Teoscar hot streak, but time's going to run out before – we can see if it was, you know, going to be a full season or not because he only got two months. So where do you stand on Teoscar? And are you going to pay this this premium now that he's up here? Because even if he moves down from this, I think the lowest that he would sit at an ADP is like 80. I think that's the mm-hmm. lowest. So what do you think of Teoscar as a firm top 80 to top 60 pick? I took him to pick 73 in, in my turn. Okay. So, so, so you are it. Yeah. That being said, I mean the one thing about these uh, these too early mocks is you don't really have like a concrete ranking to draft off of, um, and there are guys that went behind him that I like I now look and second guess <laughs> whether or not I would take him above Austin Meadows, mm-hmm. take him above Conforto. That's the beauty of these, though, is that you don't have anything to go off of, so you yeah, got to make exactly. your own decisions. Um, you know, would I take him? Yeah, above JD Martinez. Oof, I don't know, man. That's tough. And so, like, I think that's the right area, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys in that area that I really like, and so, like, I'm not going to jump him. Yeah, you're not going to jump Teoscar here. He went. As you said, you got him at seventy three, right? You're the max. Yeah. There you go. You're the, you're the max. Um, and he went as low as fifty. So you're not going to do that, though. You're not jumping him up to fifty. No, which no. Put I just him... think there's so much good talent, and that's usually again yeah. where I take. You know, I'm taking my first or second starter. Uh, you know, probably my second starter. Um, and yeah, I just I don't think I can jump him that high, but I think there are going to be drafts where. He falls outside the top 70, and that's kind of the sweet spot, I think, for him. You know, another guy, uh, Tommy Pham, 89 Yep, in my draft. Yep. Teammate Lourdes Gurriel Jr. at 93. I, I, I still love him. I, I mean, not still. I, I, I love him. He had a breakout year as well. I, uh, I feel like I want him, you know, two rounds later, 30, yeah. 30 picks cheaper. So, um, all right. Then the last one we're going to talk about today, Sixto Sanchez. We knew that the price was going to surge on him. And Serge, it did. He's up at 73. How do you feel about that? That makes him, let me see, it makes him the 23rd starter. I am nowhere near that. I had him 46. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, 
Uh, I, I can't. <laughs> I love him, but there's just no way, man. No, he's going ahead of Carlos Carrasco, Kyle Hendricks, Zach Plesac, Zach Greinke. Uh, I mean, depending on where Steven Strasburg's health, Steven Strasburg, Zach mm-hmm. Wheeler, uh, who I think is yeah. a little criminally low, as much as I've never been a huge I... Zach Wheeler guy. Yeah, agree on Lizardo. him. Uh, I mean, you know, Uzi Barrios. Dude, Chris I, Paddock, I, I, I Patrick love Corsi. six, though, but if this is where he's living, There's no I'm way. getting literally zero shares. No, absolutely none. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up there. We don't have much else to add. We will talk about the two early mocks again. We'll get into the middle of the, of the draft here uh, when we meet again and have more to talk about because that's a lot of fun you know, th- these first few rounds have been fun, too, especially when there's no ADP to go off of. But now we're really going to get into the widespread thing where, you know, some there's going to be some player with like a 90 pick split between mm-hmm. his high and low. Yeah. And that's going to be fun to see those guys. And then we can kind of decide, uh, is he going to be on the higher end or lower end? Anyway, Justin, enjoy the playoffs. We'll talk again later and uh, take care. Take it easy.